0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable. Off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful
1: throw by the Baker. Big job! Hasta la vista, baby! Welcome in, everybody, to your Wednesday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are... Once again, digging for topics to talk about, we are going to bring to you our AFC Contender Series, which is going to be a part of our weekend bonus content. We hope to have that for you for Saturday or Sunday. Uh, trying to get a schedule conflict worked out there, but we'll get that up this weekend so you can start looking at teams that the Browns will have to go through if they're going to get to the place we ultimately think they can go, which is the Super Bowl. So uh, keep your eye out for that. We'll get that recorded and posted over the weekend. Uh, otherwise, we are looking at... As I keep saying, you're probably tired of hearing me saying, uh, a time where we're grasping for straws, trying to think think of things to talk about, address news of the day, things of that nature. I promise, again, I keep saying it, I promise I will get to some of your ideas. I'm going to work that out. Tomorrow we will have Jordan Zermon. We're going to talk about uniform rankings because I think that's interesting. You might not think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting. We're also going to talk quarterback tiers, too, see where we fit Baker into our NFL quarterback tiers, so that'll be a fun little exercise. While we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield things and the less serious side, I'm going to bring in my man Brown's Daily Mock, who you know as Mr. Stephen Thomas. How are you? Living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. He is Ohio-bound soon. Going to make an appearance in the great capital yeah, of the yeah. state.
0: I actually get to, uh, get to see my family for the first time in over a year. I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Pretty excited, man. We get to meet up too, which I'm also pumped about. Get to do the real yeah. life human thing. Real we we passed what of course. I think we passed each other before that Ravens game in the eighteen, right? Baker's rookie year. Uh got to yeah. meet in the Muni lot before that game. You you were you were in a good position for that one because I was sitting up high, but you were in the like perfect spot to catch some Rashad Higgins pretty ridiculous catches, if I recall.
0: Yeah, that's the only time we've uh we've actually met in person and that was a That was a fun game. It was, uh, you know, from my normal seats in in the pound, it's kind of, there's kind of an angle down there, but we got to see, uh, you know, the goal line plays and and there was one right at us, if I remember right. And then in the second half, we switched over to our secondary seats because we have, uh, long story, we have uh, four seats in one spot and two in another. And I was sitting with my dad for the the game-winning drive uh, right there at the end. And uh, it was pretty, because you get, from where we were, you could see Derek Willis break open on that scramble, the big play mm-hmm. that got him done into field goal range. And I, you could just see everybody around us. You could hear him going, There he is, there he is, there he is. Like it, it was so right in front of us. It was, it was exciting. And then, uh, you know, of course, we all knew the game was over when we scored in overtime. You know, Hugh didn't, but uh, we all did. So that
1: was a good time <laughs> at the end of the game. That was the one where the ball was partially blocked, right? And it still went through. I think uh, was
0: that one partially
1: uh, I'm, I'm uh, pretty I sure it was. I think mean, yeah. it wasn't. I don't know. That was I, a weird season.
0: Could be, but you know what? They won. So I'm happy. I'm uh <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm four and and0 my last four that I've been to, including the Monday night game at the Jets uh two years ago. So that's pretty cool. I mean, the last one I went to at home uh was the Bills game in twenty nineteen, uh that they won and but but my favorite part of that game was <laughs> if everybody remembers we had Uh, first and goal at like the one or one and a half or something like that and got seven cracks at it and ended up getting stopped. And uh, it it was during the time, why don't they give Nick Chubb the ball on the goal line? That was the big topic. And so the whole dog pound is just going, Chubb, 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 Chubb. And they gave it to him like four times in a row, and he he couldn't get in. score. And we're all down there going, well, you know, we're a bunch of drunks. Why are you listening to us? What the (laughs) hell? You know, so (laughs) – but I remember was, that was one, man. and they won at the end. So that's a they did. Uh, you know that made that, that makes it a funny story. It would have been a crappy story if they had lost that game.
1: That's true. That's Rashard Higgins' touchdown, I think, that won that game. If I recall, he wasn't playing much at that time. Came off the bench, made a little double move, ended up being wide open in the end zone. Um, it's kind of hard. It's fun to think back on, like, oh, I can't remember they won that game. How we we you know think back three years ago, we were thinking about games they won, like we could remember them perfectly clear because it happened like two times a year now it's like ah all these wins whatever (laughs) I can't remember all of them there's so many um listen we're going to talk about a couple different things I'm going to throw questions at you first start with Carl Nassib Uh, I addressed it last night with Corey Kennan I respect your opinion like crazy and I don't know whether you got to address it with with uh with with Andy on on the pod not the same old Browns which you should be listening to through the OBR's podcast grouping here uh those two do a fantastic job Steve and Andy um I just wanted your thoughts when you heard it. I mean, I just kind of made note that I thought I was really surprised cause I just didn't know. I didn't get that idea, but I couldn't be more happy for the guy. I just want people to be happy and I'm glad yeah, he's happy. We didn't actually get a chance
0: to, uh, we didn't actually get a chance to, we had Lane on, uh, so, uh, you know, he was dropping info all over the place that was, fa- you know, fascinating. And, and then we started talking about our top five, uh, favorite sports movies. And so that sort of went off into some tangents that I'm, I'm sure we didn't plan, <laughs> but, uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, to address it, and, and I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm of a double mind. I think it's great that he had the courage to step up and do this. Uh, But I'm sad that it still takes courage to step up and say that, you know, who you are. I think it it shows, uh, I think a lot of the reaction, uh, and this is just, you know, me watching on social media and regular media and everything, a lot of the reaction being as positive as it was and as supportive as it was shows us, you know, how far we've come, you know, even in in the last, you know, 30, 40, even 10 years, really. Um, But it also should the fact that it took courage and there's lots of guys out there that I, I'm sure, you know, still won't do it shows that we still have, you know, strides that we can make. But uh, as long as he's happy, um, you know, I, th- I think the fact that he doesn't have to hide who he is anymore, it's going to be, uh, I can't imagine that. I just, I can't imagine the uh, the pressure and the stress that something like that brings. So uh, uh, I'm thrilled. I- I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled that the league came out publicly uh, in his uh in his corner which is a, another big step that may or may not have happened is you know recently as 10 years ago five years ago um so i think it's a and, and ultimately he's a football player i you know i i didn't know like you but then again i i didn't i don't care i i didn't go look you know yeah. it doesn't matter to me he's a, he's a good guy and a good football player and that's Ultimately, uh, ultimately, what what matters in the end. But as far as his effect on potentially, you know, thousands, millions of of uh, young people that are afraid to say these kinds of things because uh, of bullying and you know everything else that can that can go on, um, I think it's a fantastic step and a and a great uh, thing that he did.
1: I do too. I do too. And I hope this is a part of the norm and a big thing that he said there is I I hope this is a thing that we don't even have to do in the future where we don't even right. have to make a declaration about these things. So I hope I hope that it I hope it gets there. I'm not going to say any more about it cuz most of the listeners of this pod heard my opinion on it last night and I I just really want to give you that platform. So great stuff as usual. Um now rapid fire questions. Uh 9 minutes ago Mina Kimes on NFL and ESPN Twitter. Here's a quote. You don't even know about it. You're ill prepared, but I'm going to put this on your platter. You ready? <laughs> I think, and listen, I respect Mina more than anybody who covers the NFL. I just do. I think she's smart. I think she does her homework. She knows all 32 teams, and uh, I, I don't think she has crazy hot takes. Like, I think some people do the interaction thing, hot take stuff, and, and try to defend it even when they know when the camera's off or the, the phone's away. They're like, God, I'm an idiot. I'm selling out. It's not a doubt in my mind some people do that. I had Mina on this podcast. She's, fantastic. she's, she's great. She's fantastic. She said, I think Nick Chubb's the best running back in the NFL, and I don't care who knows it. Now, I have not watched the video. I saw her top five in this video, so I don't have all of her reasoning here um, as it's as it's in my ear. But her top five is Nick, then Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. So no Christian McCaffrey, which is a little bit interesting, I think people would say. <clears throat> but I I'll say this, and then I'm going to put it on your platter. I argue with Alan Bell, who's a CBS guy who does fantastic stuff, but he's a Nashville guy, he's a Tennessee guy. I think Derrick Henry is is deserving of being the the, the 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 top running back in the NFL. But I think as far as pure runners go, I don't think there's a better runner than Nick Chubb. And you and I talked about this during the season, Steve, where we went back and forth on the Wyatt Teller thing, and like, yeah, and Wyatt Teller's crazy important. I get it, but Nick sees things that nobody else sees. And I I, I am not a Browns homer. I I know I follow the team. My room here, in my office has Cleveland Browns memorabilia. I I can tell you flaws of many many people that the Cleveland Browns have, and I'm willing to talk about them. I do, and people get pissed at me sometimes when I do. But <laughs> Nick Chubb, the there is no better handling of the running back position than that young man. Like he does things where, as I watch the tape, I'm like. Yo, how did he see that? What the hell? And I send you clips through text sometimes. Like, what on earth? How did he? How did he find that wiggle room? How did he find the balance? I don't. I don't think it's a hot take to say he's the best running back in the NFL. And if he got the carries that Derrick Henry did, it would be proven in the data that I think is already out there. What do you think?
0: Well, I'm, you know, you know where I fall on these ranking the best this and the best that thing. It's always, you know, how can you prove, there, there's no way to prove any, any of this. But I'll say this, he's definitely in the discussion. You know, I mean, it's it, there's only a handful of guys that are good at everything, you know, at or near the level of where he is that will be included in the discussion. You know, and I think you named off pretty much all of them, to be honest, but... I will uh, say this, and we've said this for two years. Uh, his backside vision, like you said, is what separates him. Um, uh, the Oakland game, or yeah, Oakland game last year, Raider, Va- Las Vegas Raiders game last year. Boy, I'm old. I was just just saw a clip from the cardiac kid, and so Oakland Raiders is on <laughs> my brain. Um, You know, there was the debate, you know, if if Wyatt Teller and Nick Chubb played, you know, would they have won that game? And I said, well, absolutely. But I think even if it was just Nick Chubb, they would have won that game because there were several instances where Kareem, as he does so many things well, but his game is different. His strengths are different. He doesn't see the backside and the cutback on the same level and and can't get there uh, with the same quick cuts that Nick can, and then get up to, you know, full gallop in three steps like Nick can. So there are definitely things that he does that nobody else in the league has shown on a consistent level. Now, you know, if they were in this system, would they show it more? I don't know. See, And that's where the vagaries and the, Uh, you know, the, the, the opinions and stuff, you know, it's kind of, it's the same thing as ranking college football teams, you know, as long as there's voting in, I don't care what new system they put in, as long as there's voting involved and opinions involved, somebody's going to get screwed. And it's the same kind of thing with when you're trying to rank players like this, it's just, it's, there's so much subjective stuff that goes into it. But I will say this, uh, I am, fully on board with the whole running back contract analysis thing. However, there are exceptions to every rule, and you would be hard-pressed to convince me that Nick Chubb is not – if he's not the best, he's one of the two best, third at the absolute worst. So is you'd be hard-pressed to convince me he is not worthy of a well-deserved and pretty plump – extension. Now, I think, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, mislabeling that goes into that. Don't pay running backs, never pay running backs. What that really means is don't give them a, you know, a, a contract like, you know, Le'Veon Bell or, or somebody got four or five years ago. That And there's no way Andrew Barry's going to go for something like that. I, I'd be stunned if he overpaid uh, for the running back position. But will they come to an agreement that pays Nick a good deal of money, probably more than some of the Hardcore analytics people think he should he deserves. Yeah, I I really think he's deserving of it because within this offense, as much as I love Baker Mayfield, and I know we both do, and I think he can carry a team on his shoulders and as many other weapons as they have, and the strength of the team is the offensive line and all the other things that have been said, I think without Nick Chubb stoking the furnace of the locomotive of this offense, I don't know if they are as serious a contender as as they are with him on the field. So is he, quote-unquote, the best? Uh, I don't know. I I think he's got better backside vision than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry obviously has more power, more strength, and is much faster than a lot of people think he is. They think just because he's so huge, he's some plotter. He's not. But, uh, you know, would. Would you rather have one or the other on your team uh, you know what, what do you like ice cream or ice cream I mean come on it, it's you know I think for this offense Nick is probably better suited for that offense in Tennessee Derek is probably better suited so you know I, I don't like to get into that the best or, or second best or ranking or whatever kind of stuff but uh, he's freaking great and the browns would not be what we hope they're going to be this fall without him I'll, I'll say that.
2: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: So we get under Steve's skin here if we ask about ranking. So listen, rank Baker Mayfield from your Tottenham, No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> something that came out today, Mike Tannenbaum, no secret. He's, listen, he got. Great jobs in the NFL, and kudos to him, but he, he made a really strange point about not signing Baker Mayfield to another contract, and it it was built upon QBR, quarterback wins, height, weight, and 40-yard dashes as a way to compare every quarterback coach by Kevin Stefanski. It, it, Christian Ponder, Case Keenum, Kirk it's a really strange way to go about it. Um, this was the justification he had for thinking that they can just re- – They can just let Baker walk after his fifth year and then bring in, I don't even know who the hell, you might have a quarterback offhand for two years down the line through studying these guys a little, you know, way more than I do, but they think that you could just replace them, and I just don't think it works that way. While I don't think Baker Mayfield deserves Patrick Mahomes' money, maybe not even Dak Prescott money right now, he deserves to get paid something is I hope they can find a realistic number because I just don't think you can just go out and find Baker Mayfields. I just don't think they're just ever... It's either like, Steve, this is where it's gotten to, man. You're either like a top five quarterback or you're nobody. And I and I don't know what happened. You text me earlier about this play action stuff and how people think that now play action has just gone to this crutch and I could hop my fat ass up out of this office and go into the NFL and throw for 250 yards, just turning around and sticking the football out and pretending to hand it to the running back. Like, That's what they, that's where it's going. And I don't understand it. You still have to decipher things. Not all play action throws are like wing T high school football where you fake it to the running back and there's a guy open in the flat to dump it to, or there's a corner route from your tight end when nobody knew, nobody knows he's even running down the field. That's not how play action in the NFL works. You have to make damn good throws. You still have to make the reads and the throws. And it's like people think just because Baker did really well with play action last year and markedly, markedly better than he did with straight drops. Of course guys are going to do better with play action. Of course, the straight drops when 11 defenders know you're just dropping to throw is harder than sitting in off of play action and throwing, but you still have to do things well to be a good play action quarter. I don't know. I just I know we're in silly season. I just like I take it, man. I don't even know. It's not even have a question. I'm just like frustrated with everything (laughs) surrounding it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think you hit it there at the end. We're in silly
0: season. I mean, people are desperate to find things to talk about, just anything to talk about for the next, you know, give or take three to four weeks. I think the first camp opens like the twentieth or something. The Browns are the twenty seventh. I think there's a few that are a week earlier or four days earlier or something like that. I don't know. So for the next, this is the slowest part of the NFL calendar. It's really the Honestly, it's the only time of year anymore where there's literally nothing to talk about unless somebody does something stupid off the field, which has happened a couple of times in the past few days. So I think I think that's a, a, a part of it. But I'm with you. I just – I don't understand when or why using play action has suddenly meant that now your quarterback sucks. Like wh- what's next? Oh, you motioned all the time into a bunch setting and you got – your top wide receiver on you know on the other team's fourth best cornerback so that doesn't really count if he can only really make good throws if, if he's not throwing it you know richard sherman or you know uh, whoever you know darrell revis in his prime well who can make good throws throwing at darrell revis in his prime it that, that doesn't make any sense to me i mean you're always going to try to find advantageous matchups for your offense and your defense, but especially for your offense, your quarterback. You want to put him in a position to make it as easy as he possibly can. What is this fascination? This, you know, it's it's some kind of macho I, I don't even know what it is. It's like the same attitude that people say, oh, you're not a man unless you drink your coffee straight black. Well, then you know what? I guess I'm not a man because that makes my stomach hurt, okay? You know, I <laughs> I like a little bit of cream and a little bit of sugar in my coffee. I, and so for my quarterback, if I'm going to be able to compete for a championship, if he uses some play action, guess what? I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do it a lot. I don't understand when it became a negative that you're not just – dropping straight back, throwing into dime coverage, and picking them apart like Marino in 84, and anything less than that means you shouldn't get a contract extension. And and to your other point earlier in your, you know, non-question, um, you're right. It's not easy to find Baker Mayfield. We have – we are living proof of that in Cleveland, Okay. Every year for two decades, did we studied and overstudied the quarterback class coming out and the free agents that were, that were available. I mean, to the point where it hurt your head. And then you finally get a guy that's, you know, top 10. And after this year could be arguably top five if he has the year that I 100% believe he's going to have. And I think you're on board with me there. It's, it's not easy to find something like that. And people say things like, oh, you can get, you know, 80% of the production from this guy from a rookie for 20% of the salary. Okay, I get that. I make, I understand the logic behind that. But you're only getting 80%. Okay, if you get 80% of Baker Mayfield, 80% of Nick Chubb, 80% of Odell Beckham, and you're saving all this money. Yeah, 80% of it is is, is a lot. But that 20% that you're not getting, that's the difference between 12-5 and and a first-round playoff loss and standing there holding the Lombardi over your head when the confetti drops in February. Mm -hmm. That 20%, you have to pay for at some point or you're never going to reach that level. And I'm not saying specifically about one guy or the other, but you just can't go around looking at charts and making your decision 100% off of that. Sometimes you need that extra 20% that so-and-so player provides you. And at the quarterback position, I just don't think – well, I I think this year Baker's going to put to to rest all of these discussions. I think this is the last summer we're going to seriously have to entertain these kinds of questions. Because at this point, I mean – I'm convinced. I know you're convinced, but I get the hesitation. I understand it. It was such a weird year year last year. Show me you can do it in a non COVID year. Prove it again. You know, I I get it. I understand that. That's totally justifiable. But to to go from that to he definitely shouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, get an extension. I, I just, I don't see it. I, I, I can't get it. And, you know, regardless of your, your justification for it, I, I, I don't see it. So when it comes to Baker, no, he's not easy to find. It's it's not easy to find somebody like that. And especially if, you know, let's say he goes out and he's mediocre and you think he's going to be terrible, but you still win nine or 10 games, where are you drafting? Who are you going to get at 19? That That's going to be better than Baker Mayfield. It's just, there's so many things wrong with saying that Baker hasn't at least earned the discussion of a of a, of a contract extension that it's hard to narrow it down. And I think you are. He's not going to get Mahomes money. I think the last time we talked about that, I said, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of Deshaun Watson money was probably where he's going to get somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and I think he's earned it. But I also I'm wondering what's going to happen with his contract, if I can go on a little tangent here, um, just because with the way the cap is set up to get bigger in a couple of years, like we, we all see it laid out, he may find a way to finagle something and wait till after this year. And, I, you know, I don't know how it would work, but to take advantage of that to expand his dollars uh, that year rather than go this year, which which would make the deal more team-friendly. I don't know. I just I don't know where all that stuff comes from.
1: I don't either. And And... <laughs> Other news, apparently Baker can't go to any other baseball game. He has to be in Cleveland to keep the fan base yeah. completely happy. Can't go to any other baseball game. Can't care for Christian Yelich, can't wear a Padres jersey. Like please invest your late. please invest your efforts somewhere else. Just best of Yeah. Yeah, invest your energy in places that it's more apt. Um last thing you wrote an article that uh, that went up last week, and we haven't had a chance to talk, so I did want to make reference to it so folks that didn't get to see it can. Talking about free agents that are still out there. We're doing this. We're still talking because it's good to know for who's out there when something happens like we saw last year, when Malcolm Smith arrived because of the injury to um, uh, 51. God, Mac Wilson. Good stuff, Jake. Yeah, so when, when that injury happened, it was nice to know that th- these are the people on the market. So we're going to keep doing that. And talking about them, and as we sit here today, uh, I'm curious who, if you could pick any of them, who would you bring in, and and why would you why would you bring them in? You can be concise about this one because I know you've talked about it a lot, but yeah, I'm just curious if you could pick any of these guys to bring in. Which one would make you feel the best?
0: Well, I think the good thing about it was, and I noticed this as I was writing it, it was really hard to find a position where you could justify, you know, hey, they really need another, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever it happens to be, because this is the deepest roster they've had in, in recent memories. They are 100% going to be cutting a lot of rosterable players at the end of August. And I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see some of those, you know, end of camp trades and either get some low level guys back or, uh, you know, maybe steal somebody like they did with Wyatt Teller or at, at minimum, you know, restock our day three picks for next year and the year after with that kind of thing. Cause we just got too many players, but you know, uh, uh, places like the interior defensive line, we've got way too many guys. But a couple of them are rookies, a couple of them are unproven, a couple of them are coming back after you know being off for a year or three years in the case of Malik McDowell. So you, you got to be prepared. And I know Andrew Barry is ten times more prepared for this kind of stuff than I am. He's done. You know, I've just looked around at the the basic list. He knows. You know, he knows these guys' contract ranges and all that kind of stuff. The only place I can really see justifying. Anything else and even then it's going to take something going wrong in camp is another corner Uh, You can never have too many cover corners and right now even if they're all fully healthy We really only have four that we can count on that we think are you know top level top half of the league cover guys so if one of those doesn't work out in camp or gets hurt or something like that now you're bumping up against it in case somebody gets dinged so I would say one of the corners would probably be my preference. Uh, the two I referenced in the article were Steven Nelson and uh, Brian Poole. I don't know Brian Poole's situation coming off the shoulder. Uh, I assume that's part of the reason why he's still available, because he was one of the best slot corners in the league the last couple of years, on a, and on Jets' defense that really had not much help out there. He just did his job and did it well. But if you ask me just one guy, probably Steven Nelson. Um, but... I think it's, you know, not not from all the reasons I just said and also just because of a role and money standpoint, I I don't know if there's enough playing time for Nelson to come to a place like this, and I don't know if they would give him the contract that he wanted. But if you take all that other stuff out and say, hey, just one more
1: guy I want to plug out there, I would love to add Steven Nelson
0: to this cornerback rotation.
1: Me too, man. I think he'd be a really good fit and um, alleviate some of that stress. It's, it's created stress. Some of it I like. I like that they mentioned – uh greg Newsom, the ability to play the slot in certain scenarios oh, that's huge. Uh, that was the, yeah. i did too i did too because you really i like mj stewart for what he is he's a he's a run support guy more than anything else in my opinion don't want him covering tyreek hill in any situation that ever matters to the cleveland browns or, or a myriad of other guys not here to knock mj stewart he was put in a bad spot and i just think he's limited he's a nice depth piece but uh, a special teams guy but i don't want him on the field in big moments so hopefully they can Keep uh, keep developing that for Greg. So good stuff overall, Steve. I know you're, on, you're, you're out the door hustling to travel, man. I appreciate you very much.
0: Anytime, man. It's always fun to talk about a good Browns team. We haven't been able to do it for years, so uh, I want to do it as much as I can this year.
1: Weekly it is, my friend. Take care. <laughs> Okay, that's a wrap. We appreciate Steve jumping on real quick before he hops on the plane, travels to Ohio. I will let you know a full breakdown of how our evening goes, what he orders, the jokes he tells. All of those things will be passed along in next week's podcast if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, I'm just kidding. But maybe I'm not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us today. We will have, like I said, tomorrow we'll be joined by Jordan Zerm. We'll talk about uniforms, some fun stuff with quarterback tiers. So be sure to check that one on um, Thursday. Actually, that one might be for Friday. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, we had a chalk, chalk talk to do as well. We have John Stephenson is back from vacation. We're going to get into coverages. So you can learn all about Cover 2, Cover 4 this week uh, as, as far as what we're, we're checking into. Then we'll do uh, Cover 1, Cover 3 cover nine there's a whole bunch of coverages we can talk about we'll get into those the following week we have a chalk talk to fit in here too so uh one of the two chalk talk or jordan zerm over the next two days i'm not sure the order we'll get there at some point i should get my life together but my wife's been telling me that for a long time anyway thanks for joining us we'll be back tomorrow with another pod we'll see what it is when the day comes hopefully you're enjoying these things keep shooting ideas over to me share the uh share the word here spread it out let let people know that this is the pod you should turn to right now for content every day on the cleveland browns and a download uh, subscription would be great so you can get those delivered to you right away and then also a review would be appreciated as well so thanks for joining us and until we talk next time i appreciate you guys and go browns
3: MyPatriotSupply.com